Welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 31 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today we have something a little bit different. We have Daniel Powell, the manager, owner, director of Redline Media, who started off his career being a fan and a competitor in the Speedway, and now has his own media branding business specifically for Speedway, but he does do a little bit of road clients as well. So again, for anyone that's wanting some more information around branding and things about Speedway, check out this episode. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thanks, Belinda. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so you're a little bit different, um, I guess, that I've got on the show today. Uh, you actually own your own business, Redline Media, that works predominantly within Speedway clients. So tell us a little bit about you, first of all, and um, let's, and then we'll talk about Redline and how it all got started. Okay. Well, I'm typical of people that uh, with motorsport, they basically follow it as a fan first, and then that's how it how it involved with me i first went to my first car racing meeting when i was about 10 and then it just evolved from there and just loving the the adrenaline rush of the racing and the closeness of the racing and then from there i wanted to get closer involved and then yeah eventually just the love for wanting to read about the industry read about uh like magazines back in the yeah the 90s was when you know when there was print oh, these <laughs> so, not much these days. What's a magazine? But yeah, so I used to love all forms of media predominantly in the print. And then basically, yeah, my first, I started writing articles as a, just going to magazines and saying, okay, do you want to give me a shot? And yeah, basically just submitted stuff. And when it got published, that was as good as, you know, I was thrilled that my first article that was published in a magazine was, I was 17 years old, I was still in high school. So I'd be able to go to high school and go, Here's my byline with a magazine. So that's where it basically all started and then it just evolved from that. So just a love for writing and, and motorsport. And yeah, it all evolved into that. It wasn't it wasn't something that I set out to do. It just kind of just wanted to be involved with the sport and this is the way that I could do it. And yeah, it all evolved from there. But you have race and so you started off on the speedway racing go karts. So yes. tell us, how did you get into that? Was it something that your dad was in, your uncle, or your mum's? Um, no, it was completely like my brother used to race. So he raced, he's a bit a couple of years younger than me, and he got involved yeah, racing leader sprint cars, which was like mini yeah. sprint cars. And yeah. basically, yeah, dad was, yeah, we ran that for a couple of years. And then being the older brother, I'm like, oh, I can go faster than him. So <laughs> I got a go-kart and then, yeah, ran that. And then I was just starting. Redline Media basically when I was 20 and yeah it probably wasn't really good with business because as one of someone came up to me uh, straight after my first race and said oh Daniel as a as a driver you make a great media person so <laughs> that's basically where it went so that so the old saying where you play to your strengths and that's right I didn't race for too much longer so, yeah, so you said that you have a love of writing have you studied um, journalism or, or a writing degree or um, you just do it purely out of passion and just... Um... No, but how it all started, it was basically like high school for me was more about, you know, chasing girls and playing football and yeah. you know, doing all that, where I didn't really knuckle down too much at school. But when it came to English and history, I loved it because, yeah, I, had, I just loved writing. And then that's how, like, I'd do all my assignments about motorsport things. 
and that's basically how it evolved. And then I had didn't have, I don't have any formal education. It basically went from learning from the best. So I would spend time studying, like, you know, we're talking, you know, John Evans, the late John Evans, you know, he worked for Auto Action, find the leaders in the industry. So guys like John Evans and, you know, Brett Crush and Murray with Bam Media. This is, we're, t- we're talking the early 2000s. The internet was very new and print was still king and basically just studied how they wrote and continued my love for buying everything in terms of magazines and that and would just study how good writers and people that were published and that's how I evolved as a writer. I wasn't very good at the beginning but I worked hard and yeah, studied from the best or learnt from the best and then that got me to where I am now and, and I think it's a bit of an advice for younger writers that yeah, look at who's doing it the best and really study what they're doing. And that's something, you know, even we're talking back in the early 2000s. So I think it still rings true to this day. Fantastic. And we've actually got um, Brett Krashamari coming up on for the episode. Ah, nice. I read his book the other day, uh, yeah. last year, and it was awesome. So yeah, I it's a great it. book. And um, I can't wait to version two of the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. It seems like there were so many more stories left to be said, left <laughs> to be told there. So, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. And so you started, as you said, uh, at 17 when you had your first published um, article. So over the yeah. three years, uh, how did Redline Media evolve and for you to actually open up your own business at the age of 20? Well, it was kind of, it was kind of, a, I tried to, once I finished high school in 2001, I went, okay, I don't have the uni mark, so I can't go and, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to university sort of thing. Now I know that that's just a lot of hogwash. It was just my belief that, wasn't there sort of thing as an 18 year old but I think now you know with that it was just a matter of yeah I just went and got a regular job for a year and a half just worked in a regular job actually working for Kennard's Hire the hire company and basically doing a salesperson there so basically I went from wanting to hey I want to be a journalist and yeah and it just didn't evolve and and then from there basically yeah got jack of working for someone and then it was still writing as a freelancer on the site and then it all all evolved from there and then I quit the job I think it was August 2003 yeah it was off the top of my head and I was still doing writing on the side and yeah spent the next six months just as one would call it uh just yeah doing a bit of soul searching as one would say and then eventually yeah in early 2004 that's when I launched Redline Media I kind of went Everyone, I got people that would write back to me going, thanks, but no thanks. But then one guy, a Formula Ford racer, he responded and said, please come out to the, the national Formula Ford round, yeah, 2004 at Goldman's Wakeford Park. So you know, I think uh, Mark Winterbottom was still racing Formula Ford or he just started in the development series back then. So, you know, so it all, all evolved from there. So I went from sort of having this side business within Speedway and then I was able to branch into the road racing side of things. And that also, that gave me a full-time job because Speedway's in the summer and road racing's in the winter. So I was able to have two streams of income. So then that's how Redline Media was formed by... Yeah, April 2004, the, the name was, yeah, the name Redline Media was registered and as I say, the rest is history. Yeah. And so now you've tailored more so towards the Speedway aspect, media? It's still a bit of everything. Like, yeah, Redline Media, like, you know, it predominantly was Speedway and I've, I also had a stint doing magazine publishing and everything like that. Um, yeah, in 2009 and then done some general motorsport ones. So the journalism side of Redline Media has always been there and, you know, doing a lot of road racing. But, yeah, Speedway is a big 
massive part of the business because that's how I, I promote, how I get a lot of other jobs and the rest of the business too, through helping people in Speedway and their businesses. But I also do a lot of road racing still and help people with their marketing proposals and you know, media releases and basically everything. So yeah, that's pretty much what Redline Media is yeah, after nearly 15 years coming up in April. Jeez. Where's the time gone? Yes, I, <laughs> I can't believe it's like already mid-January, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, Daniel, obviously, therefore, working within both of the different genres of motorsports, um, do you see many differences um, or um, opportunities, I guess, within um, the like off-road or speedway versus the circuit racing? I think it's a, that's a really good question. and. Uh, I went from Speedway where I knew everything, knew about everyone, I had connections, I knew the whole sport. Then I went to road racing. I was kind of the new kid on the block. No one knew who I was. So I had to really had to start meeting people. And you, with road racing, you're dealing with a lot of corporates and it was really just that next level. And obviously you had things like V8 supercars, which you, know, you aspire to be involved in at some, some level. And, yeah, basically I think, you know, you're dealing with, yeah, a lot of, a lot different people you know you're, you're rubbing shoulders with different people and that's the big difference but i feel that there's a lot that speedway has positives and then road racing has positives too like road racing's got a lot of corporate backing where speedway struggles with that even though speedway there's a lot of road racing guys that love speedway you know guys yeah. like garth timber and you know all those guys it wasn't that long ago that mick doing and jamie Wincup and all that were doing a promo at warnable's premier speedway in the southwest of victoria uh, for Monster Energy sort of thing. And you had Chris Atkinson as well. So this Speedway's got a huge a huge wow. following, you know, even with the road racing. But I think it's just the professionalism of of road racing that Speedway can learn a lot from sort of thing. So, yeah. And so what do you feel like some of the biggest challenges that the Speedway drivers face? Um, when, I think... When it comes yeah, to like their media presence or their branding. Um, I, I mean, you did just mention before with the sponsorship about the lack of benefits that Speedway can offer. But what about from a media branding point of view? From a media branding point of view, I think that Speedway's got a lot to learn from it because you know, people... People in Speedway joke about and go, oh, Speedway's motorsport's best kept secret. I'm like, well, why should it be? Why should it be? Like, the, they kind of have it as a as a badge of honour. I go, that's not funny because that's why the sport struggles. We've got race tracks all around the country. We race regularly, you know, some weekly, some fortnight. There's not a lot to offer potential sponsors in the corporate world. And, you know, where supercars and all that sort of thing, they run around, you know, like, yeah, 15 rounds sort of thing and go around as a touring circus around the country where Speedway you can race, you can turn up four hours of racing, you can get, you can watch it as a spectator, as a competitor, you can go and actually race and then be home and sleeping in your same bed on that same night sort of thing <laughs> as opposed to the whole weekend. So I think there is a lot with that, but I think that Speedway needs to take a lot of leap out of the motorsport and the other motorsport general, so sort of like... What, how V8 supercars do it? How does Formula One do it? You know, and how do they do it in terms of their presence and what they do with the media? I think we don't have to copy them, but we can use them as a guide to really lift the game in Speedway. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles. It's educating people in Speedway to believe that they do have something to offer as opposed to just thinking, oh, we're the best kept secret. Well, that's not, yeah, that's not something to be proud of. 
Yeah, so that sounds like from a promoter's point of view. And what about um, with the drivers? What do they see themselves? Do they just see themselves as, yeah, I just knock around for four hours on a Saturday night? Or do they feel like they are an actual athlete and this is a career for them? And is there a career in Speedway? Yeah, there is. In terms of a career in the athlete, a lot of the younger kids and the younger generation people, they are really... All they want to do is race, and you know that from your what you do with the in the general motorsport, and that's some of their attitudes. Some of them go, okay, yeah. Some of them just don't believe that they do have a brand, and they do have the opportunity. They've got to throw themselves out there. I think that that is a big thing. Like with social media, a lot of them have got huge pulls with that as individual brands. You can have a team promoting stuff, but if you've got the individual, the fans want to be with the with the actual yeah with the driver so they'll follow them and they'll like and they will comment and engage and all that sort of stuff i think the drivers really need to understand how powerful they actually are in terms of their brand and that can then try to you monitor or help with that by getting more sponsors in and i think that's the that's the big thing the drivers don't realize what they've actually got you've got you know as you know you speak to a lot of young up-and-comers and they want to just race but it's like there's more to that and i think one of your guests the other week said that racing is 30%, the rest is you know, 70% the corporates and dealing with all that sort of thing. Like it's a whole it's a whole big thing. And I think Speedway could learn a lot from that and just seeing how the others do it, not trying to copy them, but kind of take a leaf out of their book to try and guide them so they can get more sponsors and grow their profile and trying to form a career. Like when it comes to Speedway here in Australia, you've got a couple of drivers, you've got Karen Madsen, You've got James McFadden, you've got Jamie Veal, you've got Brooke Tatnell and a couple of others. And they've basically got to race here in Australia and race in America to sustain a living. So, so you kind of, yeah, otherwise it's just you can't race five months in Australia and then just have the rest of the, the year off. It doesn't work that way. So these guys, in order to draw any form of income, they've got to do that. And then, as you know, this the old saying there, how do you, how do you make a million dollars how do you make a million dollars in motor racing? You start with three mil. So yeah, that old saying. So yeah. So it is tough, but it is achievable if you want it. Yeah. So I personally think that the Speedway do do a good um, like fan engagement, and I feel like the drivers are a lot more approachable. And yeah. I feel like they do promote themselves maybe better than what yeah. road races do, and whether because it it is a shorter stint for their time, maybe like. Yeah. Said it's only four hours, so yeah. they, do, they do have that time to go out into the pits and, or sorry, into the grandstand and meet their fans, um, giving out their autograph cards. Um, you know, yeah. I've never really come across a driver even like going within the pits. If you go up to them, that they snub you, or or there's a yeah. massive line of people wanting to get autographs. I feel like they're very much more approachable than. than and that's people. and that's the beauty because Speedway is a bit more low-key sort of thing there's not you know like you've got to understand like as you know with the bigger like supercars the road racing and all those sort of things those guys have got corporate events they've got pressures they've got all these sort of things where speedways are a bit more relaxed and something that i learned i felt that if speedo wasn't approachable how how it is now i don't think i would have been involved in the sport because when i was a kid i would go around and i'll get the autographs and i would get photos and do all that. And I'd get the same guys autograph every week. But the <laughs> fact is, like, I kind of enjoyed that as a kid. I enjoyed going down and socialising with the drivers and sitting in the cars more than what I did actually as the racing. Like, when you get older, you understand that. Yeah. You chase the racing. But I think the kids 
as a child, I think if I didn't get, if the drivers weren't as approachable and warm and friendly, I don't think I would have, I would have lost interest in the sport. And I think that's a major pull that they've got to get sort of thing. And that, and that's what I was saying off the back of that, Belinda, is the fact that the drivers don't know that they're approachable and all that sort of stuff, but trying to help to get sponsors in, they don't know they've got to work with that. And that's where people like my, my yourself and myself that come in to try and help them and guide them. Yeah, and I definitely think it's a much more colourful sport, I feel yeah. like. Um, it's definitely Certainly like colourful personalities. Yes, <laughs> and like there's different um, personalities in there, but even just like the look of the vehicles, um, you know, especially at the night time. And I, I do think yeah. it's a very different look and feel, again, genre of, of motorsport. And what what is the kind of sponsorship like? Like you, we know it's quite a high financial figure to go road racing. What yeah. kind of sponsorship figures are you looking for um, for a, a race season? Well, yeah, in terms of the budgets, like I look after, yeah, Helen's a piece of string. You know, yeah. like when it comes to sponsors, you know, it's, there's never enough, something, especially for tearing up gear and things like that. So in terms of the sponsors, you know, I'm like some of the big teams, they come out, like it's it's not big. Like you talk about supercars or supercars these days and we're talking in the millions. We're talking, you know, I mean, big teams are struggling. It's around the 100K in terms of sponsorship. So that's not, that's chicken feed compared to other, you know, you could get 100K and you could get a mirror on a supercar, like <laughs> a sticker on the mirror sort of thing. But with Speedway, that gives you, that's the commands for sponsorship, like the, the high-end team, that's it. And I feel that that needs to change because I think there's a lot more beneficial, you know, and Speedway does struggle in the sponsorship sense. But I think that's Speedway's, not fault in a way, but Speedway that they need to up their game more and be more corporate to help attract corporate sponsorship, you know, and everyone says, oh, it's all well and good to get sponsors, but, you know, and you've got to service them. I go, yeah, that's the professionalism that you've got to do. So in terms of sponsorship, but a lot of the people in, in Speedway, the sponsorship ranges, you know, from $10,000 and the high teams have, you know, 100000 and that and they're cheering if they get that sort yeah. of thing. So in terms of the sponsorship scale, it could be a lot better, but I think the sport needs to push along more and be more professional in order to try and attract more sponsorship dollars. Yeah, and especially um, taking a leaf out of the V8 supercars, you know, we've got um, Walkinshaw and Dreddy now coming on board, we've got Penske yeah. as well. And obviously Australia and the US have that great rivalry and relationship when it comes to Speedway. Um, you think that there would be a lot more um, American ownity or engagement? Um, yeah, you've got a lot of, like we've just at last night, yeah, Donnie Schultz, the world's best, yeah, sprint car driver of this generation. He come out and you know he comes out and races. Uh, he basically brings all his gear out. It's purchased by someone here in Australia, and then they then he races, then goes home with an empty container, sort of thing. So like, there's not. It's just yeah, he gets to race the cars, sort of thing like that. But in terms of ownership, so I'm saying uh, there's been a lot of Aussies that have that teams that have gone over there and started their own teams, sort of thing. We've had ones that have done World of Outlaws, Reeve Cruck from Titan Racing. He went over and you know, done a, done the whole world of outlaws with Darren Pittman and also Brooke Tatnell as well. Um, but that that's that's huge. And it depends on the Australian dollar compared to the American dollar sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. And when he went over there, I think it was 50 cents to our dollar. So it's like, you know, the money that you're spending over there. So, yeah, so it's really hard to get owners that, you know, and the American ones stay over there and basically race for people here in Australia. And a lot of people here in Australia, go and run for drop 
teams over there, but drivers that can't get the opportunity to get an opportunity over there, some of them buy cars over there and actually compete, competes buy cars there in America and then race the cars over there. So just to get known, just to build their profile because they can't walk into a, a drive, they've got to go, all right, okay, I'll buy my own car, race. And that's the beauty with Speedo. You, you, you turn up and you race what you bring and yeah, see how you go sort of thing. So it gives everyone an opportunity. It's not like NASCAR or supercar where you've got to qualify in order to get in the show. Speedway allows you to have a chance sort of thing without even blocking the door before you've even tried sort of. Yeah, and so it sounds like you're very passionate about improving the professionalism of Speedway. What are some of the services that yourself and your team at Redline Media offer to Speedway competitors and, and road racers? And right, right. Yeah, so with Redline Media, we offer a whole range of services. We started out originally just doing media releases because back then print was king, so I could just charge people to do media releases and that was it. But then it's evolved over time where we are marketing proposals to help with sponsor drivers get sponsors. Like a lot of people go, oh, I want sponsors. They go, what have you got to attract a sponsor? Nothing, just my results. I'm like, have you got a proposal to give? Oh, no. So it's so it makes it really hard for drivers to get sponsored because they don't have they don't even have a so a lot of drivers they don't have they don't have a sponsorship proposal. So a lot of them want sponsors but don't have a proposal put together. So that's where our team comes into it, helping them through, giving them advice and guidance. And a lot of people have people that want to sponsor them, but they don't have anything to show them. So it kind of just falls to the wayside and the sponsorship opportunities lost. So yeah, we do, we do a lot of sponsorship stuff. Uh, we do a lot of uh, graphic design as well. So I've got a full-time graphic designer that works with me. And yeah, he helped me a lot with the, back in the magazine days and he's been working for me for 10 years now. So we've had a long association through that. And yeah, we also do a lot of social media and you know, like public speaking and yeah, just helping people across all forms of media. It's kind of evolved as, as you can understand, Belinda, with the media, it's, it's forever changing. You know, I mean, it used to be print was king, now digital and, you know, I mean, like and all that. So it's about teaching people and helping them get exposure from there to attract more sponsors and build their profile. Yeah, and for those that don't know, uh, Motivate actually has a closed Motorsport Sponsorship Facebook group. Um, so feel free to head over to at Motivate T. Um, on Facebook and go down to groups and there's an actual um, motorsport sponsorship page. So join that and there's lots of free tips and tricks and some templates in there uh, for those that are looking for sponsorship. We also do monthly Facebook lives um, to answer any questions that you have about gaining sponsorship in any form of motorsports. Um, so what are some of some ideas for those guys that are wanting to get started about developing their brand is ideally what you're saying there um, that you can offer dinner. So Wait, in terms of start. <laughs> so <laughs> where do you start? Like you like, said, like that, trying to sorry, trying to define what that 70 percent is. You know, where where do, do they start that seventy? Like basically, like yeah, it's about education. Trying to you know get to understand it, to understand what your obligations are if you do get a sponsor. Basically, a lot of sponsors in Speedo, some of them just go, okay, I just want to help you, and just you know, and like so there's no return where they get more business. There's no ROI set or anything like that. So basically a lot of them, but it's just looking after the sponsor, uh, you know, and plugging them wherever they can, basically, yeah, inviting them to the track, just keeping them updated. There's people, there's drivers that only talk to the sponsor when it comes to, you know, and 12 months later when they want another check. You can't do that. You yeah. can't, you've got to, you know, it's like a girlfriend. You can't just date <laughs> someone and then just not call them and then expect <laughs> them to be around. But it's, it's a true analogy where you just can't, you've got to 
put in the effort. You've got to, you know, you've got to invite them out to the track. You've got to involve their family. You've got to do that. So that's where it starts with that. But then it's being awareness. Um, with social media, it's such huge. Be careful of what you say. You know, and like a lot of speedway, you know, in motorsport in general, a lot of high adrenaline, uh, testosterone and everything like that gets thrown around when drivers have a bad incident. Don't air your door dirty laundry in public. You know what I mean? Like, you know, choose your words carefully. Do things like that. You know, especially when it comes to social media. There's some people that once the racing incident happens on the track and then as soon as they get on social media, it's just a big all-out war of drivers fighting amongst each other. Like, you know, it's not a good look. And drivers have got to check themselves before they wreck themselves. You know, that's pretty much how it all works. You can't just be be just flying off the handle because you never know who's watching. That might be a potential sponsor. That might be a current sponsor. So, yeah, so I think just keeping them in check and, yeah, doing it that way and then being approachable with the media, uh, you know, and doing all those things, making your car available, making yourself available. You don't, you know, in these days, it's not just slapping a sticker on the side of a race car. You can offer so much more to a potential sponsor by you know, like even get, having the car on display, yeah, that's one of them, but also making yourself available to talk at a corporate event and things like that. And obviously that's daunting, but, you know, not as daunting as what they do when they're racing these cars around the racetrack at, you know, 150 k's an hour sort of thing. These guys are scared to talk to someone from the media, but then they can race a car all flat out and, you know, and they're not scared. And I'm like, well... I, I know which one I'd rather be doing. I'd rather be talking to the media than racing a car. But, you know, these guys, and they kind of, yeah, they, they just want to race. And it's just trying to build that confidence in them and the ability to go, yes, you do have something that you're a wanted commodity, but you've got to really just hold yourself professionally sort of in both on and off the track. So I think that goes a long way to building someone's brand. Yeah, and I feel um, personally that there's more media opportunities within Speedway because you, obviously you are doing a lot more of the live streaming. Yeah. There's more, I feel like it's more on TV than anything else because of that relationship again with the US and so everyone's wanting to, to showcase the event. Is that yeah. true? I think there's a lot. Like with Vert Supercars, they've got a, they've got a uh, TV deal sort of thing. Speedway used to be obsessed with trying to get TV, but... You know, and it's not it's not viable. The sport's not big enough to be able to have a million millions of dollars in terms of to what's tied up with TV. So, but in terms of the social media thing, we've got a lot of live streams that we do. There's Clay per view, all these ones where you can watch the racing from anywhere in the world. I think that's awesome. And in terms of watching the the Clay per view, you can actually uh, watch the you know you can watch it anywhere. Um, you know, in the social media thing, everyone. Doing, doing little promo videos and that I really enjoy those those sort of things because Speedway is it's a different sort of sport. You know what I mean like there's you know it's really it's a very dangerous sport. Obviously motor racing is dangerous in general, but with Speedway, you know it's really tough and it's something that you know and it's not for the faint of heart sort of thing. And that's where you know the emotions of people because they put so much into it and they it kind of boils over. But you know I mean that's with with the promotional opportunities that Speedo's got. I think it's really a good thing. We just want more coverage when it comes to Speedway, the positives, not the negatives. The only time it gets on national TV is when there's a major crash or a serious incident and that that's a bad thing, but that's just the way that where the sport is. The only time the general media wants to have anything to do with Speedo is when there's a serious accident or something like that that makes the news. And that's not a good look because, you know, you've got young parents that are that are want to you're seeing all this crashing, you go, well, I don't want my kid involved in that sort of thing. So it certainly doesn't help. They 
uh, there is a saying, any publicity is good publicity, but certainly not in, when it comes to Speedway. So, yeah. And so, Daniel, if someone's wanting to connect with you and get started with their media plan, uh, how can yeah. they get in contact with you? So, yes, yeah, so the whole range of things, you know, like what, what, I, what I do with, uh, with Redline Media, I practice what I preach. I'm telling everyone to be across all social media platforms, I'm telling people to have a website, I'm telling people to do that. And clearly I've got all those things. So my website is redlinemedia.com.au. Also got Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, which I regularly add content in there. It's a bit of, you know, having all those all those platforms. I can't be telling people to do it if I don't do it myself with my own business. And then, yeah, you've got my, my number itself at 0432 one two six two one zero so that's yeah they can contact me direct sort of thing and and you're dealing with someone that loves motorsport and something that you know like what i feel is that i've been on a hiding to nothing trying to carve a career in motorsport because it's not easy it's not it's tough at the best of times for anyone whether you're a racer or anything like having been able to do something that i love in speed like and call it my job like you know i'm still pinching myself it's <laughs> nearly 15 years and I'm waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder and go, the gig's up, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I love it. So you're dealing with, dealing with someone, you've got a, I've got a small team that's just infectious and they love what we are. Who are you dealing with? You're not dealing with someone that's just there for the paycheck. And when it comes to motor racing, you know, you certainly, it's not, I'm not, you don't, you don't make a king's ransom or anything there, but you know, it's for the love of it and that's what you get with me. You get someone that's knowledgeable, passionate, whole team and yeah to help with your marketing needs so as you know as you're an avid listener yes. of the coaching podcast Daniel, what is your favorite racetrack whether it's speedway track or um road circuit that's like picking your favorite child even though i don't have a child yet <laughs> okay i've got i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, yeah exactly that's what i gonna do so my favorite road racing track is without a doubt Oran park in sydney rest in peace i miss that track I love that track because road racing's known for the fact that you can't see the whole track. Pretty much with Warren Park, you could sit on the top of that hill yeah. heading onto the straight. You could pretty much see the whole track, you know, and, it's, and just the undulations and everything like that. And I had the opportunity to go around there in a V8 supercar. As a passenger, that was cool and drove a Formula Ford around there. So, you know, I just love and I love the super trucks, supercar events, everything like that. So that's my favourite. The track. Everyone does say Bathurst. Yeah, Bathurst is good, but Oran Park to me because it was 20 minutes down the road. And yeah, Oran Park, there will never be another Oran Park. And that's where I cut my teeth. That's where I started Redline Media. You know, it was a big part of it. So yeah, Oran Park will always be close to my heart. And then when it comes to well, speedway hey, tracks, I've, I've been... a useless fact for you here, but I was actually nearly born at Oran <laughs> Park because my mother's waters actually broke there. I love Oran Park. Park is my favourite track as well. Yeah, see, so we're singing from the same hymn, hymn sheet there. I can see your face light up where you're just like, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone, like people in the guests have always said, oh, Bathurst, you know, the cliche sort of thing. So, yeah. And then when it, when it comes to speedway, it's hard to go past... Sydney's Valvoline Raceway, you know, always known as PCR, Parramatta City Raceway. It's where I grew up. It's where I've spent a lot of my time when I wasn't, yeah, you know, like with the family and all that. So, yeah, I think that track, because it's home, you know, and people, you know, there's all, I've been all around Australia and I've been to Knoxville in the US and, you know, all those sort of things, all those big events. But I know home's where the heart is. So, yeah, within, yeah, you've got Iron Park with the circuit race and then you've got yeah. 20 minutes down the or half an hour down the road, you've got, the other tracks so yeah i'm pretty biased so yeah, well, no, I, i'm with you on that one do you know that used to be my life so Oran park on the weekend <laughs> it's 
freeway on the third day night. So it was yeah. nice to be able to come home at Christmas and be able to at least attend VWay Action. Yeah, yeah. And so what's the plan for 2019? Does Red Lion Media have anything exciting? Oh, it's always, there's always stuff going on. Like with the speedway season, we're in the peak of the speedway season, so we're quite busy at the moment. We've got a million things going on. We're covering events because we do a lot of stuff, not only competitive stuff, but we work with the association as well for their events. So we've got Australian titles coming up, all these major events, social media galore. So you've got a lot of that. Uh, I'm doing a lot from my personal point of view. So as Daniel Powell, doing a lot more public speaking and doing a lot of MC stuff over the past 12 months. I've uh, released a Facebook live show that I do, like a Q&A show. So and doing that, that's really stepping out of my comfort zone, sort of like what you're doing here with the podcast. But, you know, you're stepping out of your comfort zone, but you don't, you know, and it's good to live in, in your comfort zone, but you don't want to stay there sort of thing. Like, you know, you don't, because you don't want to live in your comfort zone. So, yeah, and then that's where it's always testing yourself and trialling new things. And, you know, you, you might crash and burn at the beginning, but if you're persistent and you just work at it, and that's what I've done with my public speaking, you know, by, by no means has it been an easy ride straight up, but, you know, it's getting better and better. And as long as I think if you see progressively you're improving, then, yeah, you keep at it sort of thing. So that's what a lot of things that I'm going to be doing a lot more with the public speaking and helping people, yeah, with that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Like we were saying, like forever, if you're always gaining sponsorship, it should be pretty much a 365-day ordeal. <laughs> so no doubt you're as busy as I am at this time of year. But I do yeah. appreciate you um, joining me this morning, Daniel. Thank you for your knowledge and your time. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan of your show, Belinda, and yeah, keep it up. And yeah, it's an honour to be on the show. Fantastic. And all of Daniel's details will be in the show notes for today. So yeah, if you are looking to get started in either the media, the branding side, if you're after a new website, if you're after some PR advice, um, even how to look um, to set up your social media accounts, Google uh, Redline Media. <laughs> but again, all those links to all of his platforms will be available in the notes. So thanks again, Daniel, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Okay, wonderful. Thanks, Belinda. appreciate the opportunity. See ya. Okay, bye. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. Until next time, take care.